go. Can we give it up for our moms? Nah, somebody should stand up for their mom right now. Let's go. Come on. I think a standing ovation is in order for moms today. Yeah. Thank you, moms. Thank you, moms. Thank you for all the late nights. Thank you for all the carpools. Thank you for wiping our noses. Thank you for dressing us. Thank you for crying with us, for celebrating with us. Thank you, moms. Y'all are awesome. So thank you. You know, Mom's Day is always a special day and uh, because it's just a t- time we get to celebrate moms. And it's been quite the year for moms, hasn't it? Hello, somebody. Like you, if, if you, it's been quite the year for everybody, but moms have had this special burden. I asked some moms over the last couple of weeks, I'm like, could you give me one phrase, give me one word that would describe the last year and what it was like to be a mom. And of all the answers I got, I could repeat none of them on stage in church. <laughs> it was ugly, but it's been a little difficult, right? And, and if there were, I was, uh, if there's one word that I probably could just describe moms said, and what the last year has meant, I believe the one word I would come up with would be more, right? It would be more. I was listening to a podcast this week and it said that the average mom has worked about 108 hours every week since all this went down. And they don't get paid that much. So (laughs) they don't get paid more, they get paid less. There's just something more that has happened. You know, you used to help your kids with their homework and now you're giving them their homework because you're their teacher. You used to take your kids to soccer practice, but now you're their coach because they couldn't meet together. You know, you used to take your kids to hang out with their friends, but you became their only hangout for a while. You would take them to their favorite restaurant, then you became their favorite, well, I mean, not their favorite, but their only restaurant because they couldn't go out, right? It just was more. It was more of some things that were struggles, some things that were challenges. You know, there was more anxiety. There was more irritability. <laughs> there was more frustration. There was more responsibility. There was more stress. But, but also, there was more of some good things too, amen? Like there was, there was more laughter. There was more celebration. Right? There, were, there was more teaching moments. There was more relational connectivity. There were more moments that mattered throughout this last year. And I think one of the things that COVID hopefully has taught us is that there's so many things that do matter and so many things that don't matter. Amen? Like there's so many things that we spend time and energy and money on that, that don't really matter, that we, we found out that we could do without. But there's so many things that we need to lean into that do matter, that last, that are going to be measured in eternity. These are the moments that we need to learn to be able to leverage, to be able to lean into, and to be able to maximize and multiply in our, in, in, in our lives. Not just as moms, but also all of us. We should have learned that over this last week. We need to multiply what mattered. You know, moms, the most important thing for you is not your kid's resume. It's not their college application, as important as that is. And it's not their part-time job. It's not, it's not even their grades. The most important thing that you can do for your children is laying a foundation of faith that will last in eternity. Amen? It's laying a foundation of faith that will help them make the decisions they need to make in the future, to live a life that's going to matter, to live a life that will echo, to live a life that lasts forever. Like this is the most important thing that a parent can do. The most important thing that a mom can do is to lay this foundation. Let me promise you this. If you do this, if you do this, I'm not going to tell you you won't worry (laughs) because you're going to always worry, aren't you? 
You can be, you're going to worry about your kids as long as they're alive. Like, did they get to work on time today? That's what I need to know. <laughs> did they pay their bills? Because they didn't do a very good job of that when they live with me, right? So we're going to worry about them. But if they have a strong faith, you can know with some certainty that they're going to live with hope, that they're going to live with optimism, that they're going to make a difference and that they're going to matter. This is the foundation that we lay and to multiply the moments that God has given us. You know, I also know about, about Mother's Day that it's a very sensitive day. Like for, for some people, it's, it may not have emotions, positive emotions of joy and fun and laughter. It may be difficult. You know, it may be that you've wanted to have kids and, and you haven't been able to have kids. And you even came today knowing it was Mother Day, Mother's Day. You're a rock star if you did that. Come on. Like it may be that your mom passed away last year or maybe COVID took her or maybe, you know, passed away in the last few years. So there's some emptiness, there's some sadness, or maybe for whatever reason, there just isn't uh, this joyful feeling around Mother's Day. I get that. I think what that can tell us, it can just help, it can remind us of how important moms are in the families. But also it can help us to be able to learn what it looks like for us to have a life of impact, for us to be able to lean into some teaching today about the future. Now we're going to look at a story that Jesus told kind of as our launching point for Mother's Day. So let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus tells this story and it's called a parable in the Bible. And the parable is just a story with a point. And so Jesus is nearing the end of his life. So he's setting his followers up to know what it's going to be like, what's the most important things they need to know now in order to be able to live into the future. And so he tells them a story to give this illustration. Today, we're going to look at this story. It's called the parable of the talents. So when you read a parable in the Bible, what you need to do is kind of find who the characters are. So someone's going to be God. Someone's going to be you. Someone may be somebody else. So as we go through the story, kind of place yourself in this story to know what the teaching is for you. So Jesus says this. It says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another he gave one, each according to their ability. So immediately you see that the master that's in this story who has servants, the master is God and the servants is people like me and you. And some people have five talents, some two, some have one. And it says, then he went away and he who had received the five talents went at once, he traded and he made five more. So he doubled his money. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. So he, so he doubled his money. But he who had received the one talent went, dug it in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts. And he who had received the five talents came forward, brought his five talents more, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Here I've made you five talents more. And the master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Like, that's what you want to hear, right? That, that's the win for you. And then he goes on to say, he who had the two talents came forward and said, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But he who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you'd be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow. And gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. I buried it. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant. You, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. You should have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give him to the one who has the ten talents. And so you see what happens to the investment. 
uh, to the investment of five, the investment of two. And then he says in 28, when he says, take it, give it to him who has 10 talents. So take the one who has just a little bit and give it to the one who has a lot. And so we see this, we see this teaching around talents. Now in Jesus teaching in that day, a talent was this weight of money. It was this weight that you, you used to purchase things with as a weight of money. Now, now in our context and kind of the overarching goal and the overarching teaching of this was a talent isn't necessarily just money, but talent is an opportunities of moments. It's the moments that we've been given through the time that we have to leverage it for eternity. And we see that the master entrusted his servants. You see, God trusts us with the treasure of time. God trusts us with this treasure of time. We all have a certain amount of time. Some of it's less than others. Some of us are closer to the end of our time than others are, but we all have this limited amount of time. And as the old saying goes, it says that time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. You've had moments before. You know what moments are. Moments is where something significant happens in your life. Moms, have you had some moments over the last year? Have you had some moments you're like, I need a moment right now? You've had some moments over the last year. Moments are, are, are time where something special happens, something life-changing happens. Some of you have had moments. Maybe it was when you got engaged. How many people married in the house today? Got, got a few of you. Come on. So, so you remember when you got engaged? Like I remember so clearly the day that Debbie proposed to me. <laughs> it was a moment that I'll never forget. I remember when she said she was pregnant. I remember those moments. Some of you have had those moments. You, the moments where she said, I do, or you said, I accept. And we, you have these moments that matter in life. And not all moments are equal. These moments are life-changing. And we're to be good stewards of them. And we see this in the life of Jesus over and over and over and over again. You know, Jesus, whenever he was teaching, some of his most, most profound teachings happened, not when he was standing in front of a group of people, but just kind of the everyday, ordinary ways of life. In the very first miracle that Jesus performs, he turns water into wine at a wedding. He was just hanging out at the wedding. Like he wasn't officiating, he wasn't getting married, he was just there. And he turns water into wine. It turned into a moment. There was a time he was walking by someone who, couldn't, who was paralyzed, and he just looks down at them and he says, get up and walk. These were moments that he leveraged to, for meaning. And these are the kind of moments that we need to be able to grab. You know, in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, it says, God, teach us. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to count our days. Teach us to pay attention to our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You know, but we don't, always, we don't always do the best at counting our days, do we? We should treat our days the same way that we treat our money. Have you thought about this? Like, like for a lot of people, when you're saving, let's say you're saving. Anybody saving for retirement in here? Every, anybody? Everybody? Anybody over 30 in the house? Let's go, right? We, got the, we know we, we, you, you may not want to quit work, but you want, at least don't want to be a burden on your children. And so when you're saving for retirement, you got that number down there. And what you do is you just, every day, you're just, you've reverse engineered this process of what you're going to do and how you're going to get to that goal eventually. And this is what we should do with our time. 
Like how many of us think down ahead to the end of our life, the kind of person we want to be, the kind of character we want to have, the kind of relationships we want to lean into, what we want people to say about us when the, when the time comes for our funeral. We think about it and then reverse engineer that back to who we are today and how we respond today and how we make decisions today. Like this is how we're to invest our life and living the life that God has given us because we invest them in the moments that matter. We invest them in the moments that matter. Well, let me ask you, how have you invested these moments that God's given you? Like over this last year, how have you invested the moments that God has given you? Have you invested them in ways that are going to last? Have you invested them in the ways that are going to be here today and gone tomorrow? Like moms, how have you invested in your children over this last year? What different ways have you operated and thought about? Because they learned more from you this last year than they would learn in five years, right? Because you were with them night and day in every situation like like how did you invest in those moments and i love it when it says in, in 20, verse 25 in chapter 25 verse 16 it said he would receive the five talents went at once at once had this sense of urgency about it when he says at once he, he knew that time was of the essence and, and you have to take advantage of the moments as they come up have you ever noticed mom's especially with younger kids, how the most profound philosophical teaching moments happen when they're in the backseat of your minivan. Mom, why is the sky blue? Mom, why are there blue lights behind us? <laughs> Mom, where do babies come from? And they happen, and what can happen is we can, we can miss those moments if we don't recognize them for what they are. Like, have you ever missed a moment? Like you knew it, it went by you and you're like, oh, I missed that time. I missed that opportunity. I could have encouraged them. I could have taught them. I could have leaned in right here. I just missed the moment because maybe you were too tired or maybe you were too busy. Maybe you were too focused. And what if you missed? And we miss moments when we don't treasure them. Like when we don't realize the power in the moment, we'll miss them. A lot of times, have you noticed how we'll wish moments away? Especially when it comes to kids. Like they have a, they, you have a baby and you're like, can this child please just sleep for two hours straight? I just want them to be a couple of years older. Hey, if you have a child right now that, and you don't sleep as a parent, guess what? You're never going to sleep. You know why? It doesn't matter how old they are. You're never going to sleep. They'll be in high school. You'll be awake. Are they going to come home? When are they coming home? They're in college. You're thinking, oh my gosh, they're doing their homework. You're never going to sleep. Always worrying about them. Glad I could encourage you today. <laughs> but this is. We wish them to be able to sleep. Could, could, could I just quit changing diapers? Could, I, could they just bathe themselves and clothe themselves? Could they just go to school so I can have some peace and quiet? Could they just get a driver's license so I don't have to carry them around everywhere? Could they please just get into college and get a real job? Like, there's all this that we wish away and we, we miss the moment that's right in front of us too many times because we just wish it away. I, I can remember when... When, I, when my kids were young, older parents would say this to me. They would say, man, it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. I'm like, that's just not helpful to me right now. Like, I don't know what you're trying to communicate, but I do not care because the days are long, right? Even though the years are short, that's what you're trying to tell me. The days are long. But I think if you're here today and you have young children, you got to know the days are long but the years are short. And when you hear that, you should consciously think, how do I leverage this moment? 
How do I maximize these? How do I multiply these moments that are going to echo in eternity? God gives us minutes today to invest in moments of eternity tomorrow. How do I do that? And how do I not miss the moments in front of me? Now, now the thing about parenting is you're going to have some of the greatest joys, some of the greatest regrets. Like, that's just the way this thing plays out. Like, you're going to... You're going to regret things that you said. You're going to regret moments that you missed. You're going to regret moments you didn't, uh, things you didn't say. I mean, you're going to regret your tone some days, you, not me. You're going to regret um, being there or not being there. But, man, there's some of the greatest joys that happen as a parent, especially as a mom. I can't imagine. So, like, tomorrow we're going to drive down to Statesboro. My youngest son is graduating from college. Praise the Lamb, right? (laughs) It's just one of those moments that you get to celebrate, that you get to leverage, that you get to mark. And I think God gives us those. But, man, we all know we have regrets about parenting. Like there, if we were to take all the parenting regrets in the room and put them in the ocean, it would overflow. We're going to always have regrets. And you may be sitting here, oh, it's too late for me. I don't know how to get that back. I just want to promise you from the Bible that Jesus redeems the missed moments. Man, he redeems the moments that we regret. He redeems the moments we feel like we can't get back. He restores what's been taken and stolen from us. Like this is the message of the gospel. But we have to learn to live today. We have to take advantage of the moments today. Now, we should anticipate the future, think about the future, be excited about the future. I'm not saying that. I mean, we should plan, we should dream, we should, you know, prepare. But we also have to be really good at embracing the moments today. There's a a doctor, his name was William Osler. And William Osler founded John Hopkins Medical Center. Kind Kind of a big deal. Would you agree? And so he was on, Osler was on a trip. He was on an ocean liner going across the ocean because that's what you do, an ocean liner. So he's going across the ocean. And he, he reads this quote by Thomas Carlyle that basically says, you know, the grand design of our life is not to look at what lies dimly in the future, but to do what lies clearly ahead, right, at hand. And so he adopted this phrase, daytight compartments, that we should live in daytight compartments, that we shouldn't wish away tomorrow, that we shouldn't plan and hope that things get different, that we should do what lies at hand clearly today. Let me ask you this. You have to ask yourself this question if you're going to, if you're going to capture moments, what is important now? Like what is important now? What do I need to do now? Do I need to sit in the floor with my kids right now and let them paint my face with lipstick? Do I need to, you know, throw all the toys in the middle and let's just have fun? Or do we need to sit down and have this heart-to-heart conversation where I disciple them and show them God's word and pray for them and teach them how to do that? Do I need to have a conversation with them about baptism, about their future? Do I, what do I, what's important now? That's the question we need to ask because this is how you'll be able to be sure that you don't miss moments. It's to ask what is important now. And we see Jesus do this. Jesus says this. He says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worry of its own. Do you realize this? Does today not have plenty of worry? Why do we want to worry about tomorrow? It says, daytight compartments. Hey, what is important now? Then in verse 15, just before he says that, um, Jesus is, he says, to the one who he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another one. How? To each according to his ability, right? He gave to each according to his ability. So so moms, you, you got what you need right now. You have the wisdom you need, 
You have the experience you need. You have the, you have the intelligence that you need. Teenagers will make you question that. I do agree. But you have it. Like you have, you have everything you need. Man, man, there are so many high expectations on moms these days. Have you noticed this? Like expectations are through the roof. Like you have to wonder like, am I going to be able to provide and protect this child? And they're going to take that child out. They're going to put him in this car seat and put him in your car. And you're like, wait, is nobody coming home with me? Like, I need some help. Like, you're going to trust me with a child? You're, you're expected to be, you know, first class room mom and be at every event. Like your house has got to be, you know, country living, southern living, garden and gun, whatever it is. Like your, your house and your, how, how, how you are dressed has to be like your favorite influencer on Instagram. Perfect all the time. Photoshop ready, like ready to go. Like I want to tell you a secret about influencers. Don't, don't try to chase them. They're miserable. I know some of them. I'm just kidding, right? Like y'all must all be influencers in here because that didn't go over very well. Uh, <laughs> right? We, we have all these images and with high expectations, what happens? And we have this guilt of what we, where we don't measure up, what, where I don't have it together. You know, and there are those days when you stay in your pajamas all day long. And there are days when you use a screen to help just distract your kids so you can have some time alone. There are some days when you feed them chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and wonder if you're ruining up their brain chemistry. There are those kind of days. And we're like, what? I'm not measuring up. I'm not doing the things I need to do. Everybody else seems to have it together. It's like, you know, you're going to hear a mom say, yes, my four-year-old is reading and they just took their second year in calculus and tomorrow they're going to apply for the NASA space program. And you're like, I'm a failure. And what he says here is according to your ability, not somebody else's ability, not someone else you watch, not somebody else you see, but, but your ability. You're strategically located, strategically trained, strategically ready to raise your children. And, and, and this goes beyond just moms. This is our life. All of us. We face so much insecurity because of what bombards us and the messages that we have and the parenting that we received that we forget that God's just trusting us and he's going to hold us accountable for for what we have, not what somebody else has. There is so much in your life, moms, that nobody sees. Nobody sees. They don't see those conversations you have late at night about boys and girls. They don't see the, the times when you stop by the bed to pray over your child when they had a high fever. Man, man they don't see the times you're in the front seat white-knuckling it because you cannot take one more road trip. So there's some things nobody sees, but God does. He does. Notice it doesn't say, hey, well done, good and perfect servant. Well done, good and brilliant servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. The word for good just means someone whose deeds are great. <laughs> someone whose deeds are great. It's kind of like this. It's like, hey, you did what I told you to do. You did what I asked you to do. And if you are a parent and your child, your kid does what you asked them to do, you're like, okay, that was good. I don't care. It was, it, was just, it was just throwing your towel in the dirty clothes, but I asked you to do it, so that was good. Sometimes it's simple. But so many times, we, man, we just want to be somewhere else, be doing something else. Like I can remember when I was in seminary. When I went to seminary, there was a, uh, usually there's, People, guys and girls who go to seminary, they're ready to be in church, right? They're ready to be working at a church, ready to be making a difference. They don't want to be spending their time in church. They're ready to 
be a pastor and to grow their church. They're ready to be like the next Andy Stanley or the next Stephen Gibbs, right? Like they're ready. You know, see what I did there? That's good. Like they're ready to go. And so I can remember a professor came into our class and he was talking to us and he said this, hey, listen, if God has asked you to be here, like if this is where you thought you were supposed to be and you were doing your best to follow God's leadership and you were trying to take advantage of this time frame in your life and take advantage of these moments, if this is where you're supposed to be and God comes back today and you don't get to grow your church and you don't get to be famous and you don't get to do all the things you want to do, guess what? He'll be happy because he, you did what he asked you to do. He says, good. Then he says, faithful. Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. Now, 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 faithful just means believing that God is good. Just believing that God is good. And so let's remember, there's three servants. Three servants in this story. First servant got how many talents? Five. Got five talents, did what? Doubled it, made five more. Second servant got two talents, did what? Doubled it, made two more. Third servant got one talent, did what? Hit it, got zero more. He hid it. Why did he hide the talent? Because he says, I knew you to be angry and harsh. That was his belief about God. So notice this, multiplying moments is not about our skill, our intelligence, our strategy. It's about our belief that God is good. Because the only way that we'll live a life that's going to actually push against culture, that's going to really invest in eternity, is to believe that God has good things stored up for us. Like there is a God, he is good. This is the moral of this particular parable, of this particular story. And so as parents, as, as Christians, what we need to do is to lay a foundation for people, for our kids to have faith in Jesus as they go into the future. Listen, there's a, there's, there's a passage in the book of Timothy. Now, Timothy was a young man in the faith and his mentor was a guy named Paul. And so Paul writes him these words uh, in verse chapter three, verse 14. He says this, as for you, continue in what you have learned, what you have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Now, what we know is that Timothy learned it from his mom and his grandma. So he goes on to say, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. And so what we see is that in this particular situation, a mom and a grandmom trained Timothy in the faith. They laid a foundation for his faith. And we need a generation of families that will lead their children to faith in Jesus. Now, I know, I know, like, sometimes parents will say this. Well, you know, Stephen, I just don't want to force it on them. I want them to make their own decision. Let me ask you a question. Why? Why? You, you don't let them make decisions on their own about 90% of the rest of their lives. When's the last time you let your child have Skittles for breakfast or not go to school and not do their homework? So why would it be any different with faith? Because you know what? There are people who are feeding them some things and shoving some things down their throat. There are people, are people who are informing their minds like Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. Like why wouldn't we want to be the primary voice? Listen, we need some families. We need families who will raise up a generation of kids who will take the gospel to the world like to their schools, to their neighbors, to their cities, across the globe, across the ocean. And that may scare you a little bit, but gosh, can you imagine parents? Just imagine this, this scene that you're in heaven 
Man, and your kid, man, they were overseas and they were doing missions and they were traveling and sharing the gospel and you didn't get to see them as much as you wanted to. But then God says, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on, somebody. Like, can you imagine that picture? Can you imagine the satisfaction? Can you imagine the contentment as everybody walks by and says, yeah, that was her parent. Yeah, you know what? She's the one who evangelized South Africa. Yep, that was his parent. You know, he's the one who went into Uganda and stopped sex trafficking in Jesus' name. Can you imagine what that would be like to be that parent when you get to heaven? Listen, we got to lay a foundation of faith. We got to raise up kids. We don't, that's why we don't call them the next generation around here. We call them the now generation because they're making it happen. They're getting it done. They're sharing the gospel. And they're going to be the ones who are pastoring and serving our kids and our grandkids and people in our future. And so we got to build those kind of families. We've got to build those kind of homes. And moms, you're, you're at the center of that. You're unleashing something in the world. Like, what is it that you're unleashing? You know, I love it when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. You know, I don't think that moms hear that enough. Well done. Good job. You, you, you're getting it right. You may be tired and confused. Man, you may just be doubting, but well done. Even if for the mere fact you showed up today to be encouraged. Well done. When Jesus says joy, it just gives us this echo of eternity. Because there's this joy that's coming that comes through knowing Christ. And, and, and Jesus is known as the Alpha and the Omega, meaning the beginning and the end. And every moment of our lives is measured by that. Every moment is measured by Jesus. Every moment is measured by his life, his death, his resurrection, and his reigning in eternity. And so as we invest moments, as we live moments, we have to keep that in mind because that's how our moments are going to be measured. Hey, hey how, how are the moments of your life, how will they measure up? How are they measuring up? When you think about the moments that you've been given and, and, and the way that you're living your life and the decisions that you make, like, like how are these moments measuring up when that's the standard, when eternity is the standard for you? You know, the joy that we'll experience at the end, the joy that we'll get, that will come through knowing who Christ is and the life that we live now. And the beautiful thing about it is we may have wasted some moments, but it's never too late for more, is it? Man, it's never too late. And the life that we have, the breath that we take, it's never too late. It's never too late to have more moments. I mean, if you're a parent, I just want to give you a really simple step today some real simple action item that you can take. You know, one of the things that you can do is when your children text you or call you today, and some of you probably didn't know it was Mother's Day until you got here, so go ahead and text your parents, okay? But if they text you or call you or you talk to them, just ask them a simple question. How can I pray for you? It's that easy. It's that simple. And you may be intimidated by that if you've never asked that. But that's one way that you're going to keep their eyes focused on eternity. You're going to help remind them of how important God is in your life. And, and think about this. They're going to tell you some request, and you get to go before the throne of heaven for your children. Like there's something sweet about that, something strong about that. 
But then also what's going to happen is they'll begin to share things with you that's going on in their life that, that you'll pray for, but also speak into. It will build relational equity that will span the test of time. And when they, when they know, when they know that you're praying for them. My mom texts me every Sunday, praying for you today. Well, first she asks if I'm preaching. Then she says, praying for you today. And so I can tell her, hey, here's what's going on. Here's how to pray. Here's what I'm teaching on. Here's what's going on. And just ask your kids that. Just ask your kids. Listen, how, how will the moments of your life, man, how will they measure up against the standard of eternity? Let's pray together. You know, just in the stillness of this moment, it's good just to do a quick evaluation, reflection as you think through the moments just of this week. And where did you take advantage to maybe invest in some moments of eternity? Where did you call someone to encourage them or text someone or maybe offer someone a shoulder to cry on? Maybe, maybe just give someone who is down just a little word of encouragement, a breath of life. Maybe someone who was going wayward, going down the wrong path, you may have kind of stepped in to point them back towards Jesus. Man, when did you call just to express your care? When did you just show up and quit worrying about being perfect and just worried about being present? And these are the moments that God gives us to be able to make a difference to impact eternity. You know, and I, and I think for many, there's just a, a today's just one of those days where we see things differently because we just see the reality of our lives. Because being a mom and talking about parenting in the future is just so practical. It's so right here with us. It's so today. It's so tangible. And maybe today you realize that you missed it, that you've never taken that step to follow Jesus. And that you've never, you can't speak words of life and words of eternity because you don't have them to give yet. And the way that we have those is we just make this commitment, first of all, to believe like the two servants did, that God is good. Oh, come on, that God is so good. And that we have sinned, man, we just have to admit it. Like, that's no secret. <laughs> man, we know, we know where we got it wrong. We know where we fell down. We know we made mistakes. We know where we've committed sin and not gone, we've gone our own way. And then we just commit that, man, we're just gonna follow Jesus. And that we know we're not perfect, but that he paid the penalty for our sins. And that's the step that you need to take today. Maybe that's you today. Like, I just need to, I need to finally make, put a stake in the ground. And I just want just to lead you in a prayer today, a prayer of commitment to follow Jesus. And, and, and nothing magical about these particular words. Um, there's nothing magical about them. But just the, it's the commitment of your heart today. So just in your own heart, just repeat after me. Dear God, I believe that you're good. I believe I've sinned. I trust that Jesus died for my sins. And I ask you to give me new life. I commit to follow him today. You know, and if that's you today, if you prayed that prayer, whether, man, for the first time, if you prayed that, man, you, you have a new life. This is a moment for you, a moment of celebration, a moment of transformation, a moment of change, a moment where the rest of your life will be different. I just want to help you mark that moment again with just our eyes closed, just in our own, in our own thoughts, in our own heart right now. If that was you today, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand, just to mark this moment today, an important moment, the most important moment of your life on the count of three. One, two, three. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's amazing. God, we're grateful ah, that you redeem moments. 
And Lord, for moms here who are feeling a sense of maybe guilt, maybe regret, man, maybe some just imperfection because of mistakes they made or moments that they missed. God, today you just breathe life into them. Man, the gospel of new life, the gospel of transformation, that Jesus is enough and that they're doing good, God. And, and, and for moms that need to change some things, man, for moms that need to grow, moms that need to step into being a better mom and they know some areas where they need, they need to change, where they've got some weakness, God, you would just help them today to be able to take those steps, Lord. And God, for all of us, man, that we would just be a church that builds a generation that takes on the world with the gospel. God, that, that we don't settle for just good resumes and good college applications, God. But Lord, we look towards eternity and our eyes are planted firmly in this next life that we'll get to experience, God. Lord, we all wanna hear it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And God, help us to never forget how we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're gonna just close out worship today, close out our services today by worshiping. So I just wanna invite you just to stand where you are and let's finish by worshiping.